Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Bashal Rubin, and I am so excited to be in the world with you today. Practicing, teaching, living, and serving yoga is a dream come true with all of our yoga revealers across the world. Today, we have a super exciting conversation with a longtime friend of mine, Sarah, who you might know as Shakti Bird. She started a journey in Boulder, Colorado many years ago and currently serves yoga with her partner, Daniel Rama, all across the globe. Be sure to check out their app, Becoming Balanced, to study with them anywhere you go. It is super awesome. I hope today that you enjoy this episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Michelle Rubin. Happy 2022. I'm so excited to be here with you wherever you are, planet Earth, in America, in the UK. So grateful for you. These last five years have been just expansive and extraordinary and birthing yoga revealed and watching the puzzle pieces fall into place, which is really what I feel happens when we commit ourselves to the vision of self-practice or just yoga and really just serving yoga in our lives, therefore to be able to impact another. Right. And, and for me, one of those pieces was yoga revealed. And then next thing I knew life just started to unfold exactly as it's meant to by committing myself and devoting myself to practice. And I feel I'm really excited to, to have this conversation today with a long friend of Boulder, Colorado, Miss Sarah Shakti. How you doing? Miss Sarah Shakti. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, you know, I know that we have been in the, in multiple communities for the last like decade and, uh, you're off and around the world and you're, you're living an incredible blessed yogi life, serving, teaching, practicing, and just so excited to have you on yoga revealed. Thank you. It feels like a little bit like home getting to connect with you anytime I do. So I'm really happy to be here. I love it, Shakti. It's so sweet. Well, please, you know, the first question that I always ask everyone on this podcast is, how is yoga first revealed to you? Give us a little insight for those who follow you on social media and know your journey there. And maybe those who are like, who's this amazing woman named Shakti or Sarah? What's up with that? Wait, who, what, what, how is yoga revealed to you? Definitely a loaded question for sure. Uh, I usually say that I came to yoga by accident. Like I found it by accident, stumbling across it. But the way that yoga revealed itself to me, I would say a life raft. That's what I saw when I saw yoga. When I found that, I grabbed on and I haven't let go since and uh, really changed the whole trajectory of my whole life. And it was something that that definitely saved me in so many ways and continues to save me. Mm, I love that. The life raft of yoga. Yeah, I feel like we all we all know it. We all feel that to some degree, whether we notice it at first or not. Yeah. And what was your what was the introduction to to yoga like for you? Was it like where where were you? Where were you in life? And what what made it a life raft? Like give some more. Yeah. So it's I came out of high school uh being an athlete. So I was playing sports in high school and then I went out to Colorado no more sports. So I was living a much different life than I was used to for as long as I could remember. Uh, and I just fell into a pattern of not doing anything. You know, I was going to school, of course, in Boulder, but I wasn't doing anything physical. Uh, so that was really strange for me. And I didn't really know how to correct it because I was used to just having for, uh, sports just in my life. Like it was just there. Uh, so I had to seek something out and I didn't know what to do, but I kept walking around campus and they had free week of yoga signs everywhere promoting core power yoga. So I probably walked by those signs like a few hundred times before I was like, God damn it, I need to do something and that's free. Like I'll go try yoga. And you know what? That sounds like a lazy form of exercise. I can do that. I could do that. So I went and it was a hot yoga class on the hill and I hated it. It was horrible. It was not easy. I had the sweat stinging my eyes. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything physically. It was devastating. Oh <laughs> but my gosh. He supported me for that week of free yoga. We went for every day and it was excruciating. I, I did not like it and I did not plan to continue doing yoga at that point. Uh, but so, then, then uh, a friend in my friend group, so a mutual friend and my friends weren't like really active people. Like they loved going to like concerts and partying and throwing huge parties and they're great people and love to gather and throw celebrations. But they weren't like, let's go have a healthy day, like where we do something that's going to improve our lives, or our overall well-being. Let's uh, drink a green juice. Friend. Yeah, that would never have happened. Maybe a green keg or something. But <laughs> you know how it is in Boulder. It's crazy. But I did have one friend in that group that was a little bit different. And he was into wellness and he was very into yoga. And I didn't really uh, understand why. But he was such a grounded person in this group of crazy, energetic, wild and fun people. He was a more grounded presence 
still exuded so much love and lots of positivity, but he was just a different type of energy. So it really made me curious, like, why is this a practice that he's involved with? And there's somebody I could go up for because I care about him as a person. And if I say to him that I'll go with him, then I'll actually go and it will keep me accountable. So I found this friend who kind of had me going along with him and he was fantastic. And he decided he wanted to do a teacher training. So he was like, do this teacher training with me. Like, I really want to do it. And like, you should do it with me. And I wasn't doing much and I needed something in my life. And I was so fortunate to have the support of my parents, of my family when I was in college, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to afford that opportunity of doing the yoga teacher training with Mm. core power yoga. Uh, I signed up and then it turned out he didn't have the same support and he couldn't actually afford the training. And so I found myself in this yoga teacher training alone and didn't have the person that had brought me there. And I wasn't really sure why I was there. So I kind of hated the practice at first. And uh, by the end of that training, I was obsessed with physicality. I was like, holy shit, I can do so many cool things that I haven't seen other people doing except for maybe Alec Rubin, who's doing some crazy shit. I, I was so amazed by you. I have to say that. Like I saw a video of you doing the press handstand on a car and like I fixated on that video and like put you on this video and was like, if that's possible, like, I'm going to grind. I'm going to do better. <laughs> so that's like my fixations were on the physicality, physicality of it all at the beginning. But that's what I needed at that time to to take me along on the journey. So it happened. Well, I'll pause you right there because I, I feel you, you know, like when I like I first came to yoga very similarly, my best friend invited me to a yoga class on the hill. And I'm going to be real on this podcast because we're already being real. And I was sitting on the hill. I used to live on the hill in Boulder, Colorado, behind the Fox Theater, which is right behind Core Power Yoga on the hill. And my buddy Kiefer, he invited me and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need yoga in my life. Like what? My mom practices yoga. I literally said that. And then he was like, dude, it's college. Try something new. And I was like, okay, fine. So I put my Chinese homework down. I was studying Chinese at the time for eight years. That was my path. I was going to like go be a Chinese translator for the UN. That was literally what I thought I wanted to do. And yoga totally rerouted that. And I uh, took a hit from the bong and I went to a hot, heated C2, level two vinyasa yoga class that beat my face down to the ground. And I was like, wow, I'm never doing that again. And then I did it again, minus the take the hit part. And uh, the rest was history. And I know you can relate. And uh, you know, I, I also, I think it's, it's a cool conversation. Let's go into this a little bit because the physicality part, it's such a critical piece of yoga and it's not the only piece of yoga, but I didn't, my eye didn't open up to that at first. It, t- it took some time. And by some time I would say like, honestly, four to five years for me personally, I was so fixated on postures and, and getting the asanas and I got them as you do too. And as you did at first, I couldn't. So I was like, what is going on in my body? What's the disconnect between my mind and my body as to why I can't achieve that? What's the gap? I want to figure it out and I will figure it out. So what for you, what was your experience in in that kind of experience in that, in that situation? You know what I mean? You with me? Yeah, totally. And my process of kind of coming past the physicality took 
probably almost like eight years or so it's been, it's been, and it's still happening. I have to be totally honest. It's still happening for me, but with the physicality, it was like, it's kind of just like anything else. Like I didn't know certain things were possible until I saw it. And like social media, Instagram wasn't as big as it is now. And like, so I just hadn't really, unless somebody was like in the same area as me, I hadn't seen somebody do some of those postures that I thought were so captivating. So it wasn't until I saw like Tunda doing a handstand on the hill, like during like a rooftop yoga class that I was like, someone's doing a handstand. Like, why couldn't I do a handstand? Like, and then I realized like, if that's possible, if somebody else can do it, then I can do it. And that was my mindset for everything pushing forward. It was like, if that person can do it, I can do it. And then it was sort of my, my mission to find people that could do things that I was aspiring to do so that I could observe them very closely. Like it's, I'm not somebody that just goes through the motions and doesn't observe and learn. Like I will watch somebody, not just to watch them, but like, I'll get close. I'll see them from an angle that makes sense. I'll make sure that it's actually registering what they're doing and how I'm receiving it. And I think that that part of exploring physicality and yoga really helped me develop as a learner. And that helps me just in life, like get through other things that don't relate to the yoga asanas. Uh, I can then take a better look and understand like, Hey, take a breath, look at this a little bit more closely. What are you missing? Because you can do hard things. You can get through hard stuff. You can do whatever physical pose you want to do. And now it's, it's so much more basic. It's really like, I just want to get through my days and be a kind, helpful, happy person that is joyful and a calming person. And it's not like I want to be this like dominant presence who can do these crazy things that is uh, unattainable from others. It's like, I just want to take myself down and just see everybody clearly and see myself that way too. It's like, I'm, I am good and I deserve good things and I can just do the work every day. And it doesn't matter if anyone's eyes are on me, I can do the work and it's going to pay off and nobody needs to see it. It will be felt if only by me, you know, you know that, uh, you're right to so many things, so many things you said there. And my reflection is a funny one. It's a, it's a humorous one that I'm going to relate to Instagram reels. Cause you know, I'm into reels. I see you watching my reels and, uh, and, uh, and reels are all over the place now. And do you know that one reel that's like, nothing's wrong with me. Nothing wrong with me. Nothing wrong with me. I can just see it's like me after practicing yoga nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with me. Cause that's, that's how it is, right? We see ourselves and we see others more clearly. And I, I just love that. That's, that has been your homecoming and yoga has been your lifeboat in that. And, and I wonder for you, when did it become, okay, I, I, I discovered this lifeboat for me and I realized this, what I like to call everything that you're saying is to me a self-reliant healing tool right? It's a tool that you've learned to serve thyself from your ever-changing emotional, physical, and spiritual state of being for the curveballs and the spiked bats and the storms, the hell storms that are going to come to us in our lifetime. We are going to have challenge and we will face our challenge and you have tools for that. But when did it become Shakti that you were like, you know, I have my lifeboat. But now I want to also provide a yacht of security for others, a.k.a. I want to teach yoga. When did that shift for you? 
that happened. So after I did my first yoga teacher training, I did another, and then I went to Naropa university and studied with Nataraja and did their yoga teacher training program. And then, then I did another program and then another, and I kept learning. And my intention of course, at first wasn't to teach, but I knew I needed to know more about the practice. It was probably within the first two years of me doing all these trainings, I felt like it was non-negotiable. Like there was no other thing for me to do. Like but share the things that had helped me. And I have to say at that time, I thought that I knew so much more than I did. I felt like I was so loaded with like years of experience when in reality, I was just brushing the surface of it. Uh, but it felt like it was just something had shifted that was so powerful. That was like, there's nothing else that I'm supposed to do. Like, this is it. And it was kind of just becoming aware of like the trauma in my own life that I was just not even, I didn't know about it. Like I lived it, but I didn't understand that it was there and it was affecting me. And then I realized like, wow, like sometimes I'm really not okay. And it's okay to go to a yoga class and just be in a space where somebody else is holding the space for me to not be okay. And I don't have anyone in my life other than my yoga teachers that's done that for me. And it's Mm. like this nurturing presence that I felt was missing in my life that I wanted to be that for other people. Um, no matter how I was coming across at the beginning, because I was very fiery and I was, you know, probably came <laughs> super naive and just, you know, like crazy to some, I'm sure. But just I was always very genuine. And I don't know if that was received, but it was it was I'm sure it, it was. happened rather quickly. You know, I was ready to share yoga before I even really understood that there was so much more to it. it and me, too. And, and then I was, I was the same way. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Shakti, I don't know many people who have taken just as many around as much of teacher trainings as I have. I've taken one training per year over the last decade. And, and I feel that, you know, if I have a message to the yoga teacher right now, who's listening, who's like, wow, like, you know, and I, I also had a lot of, financial security and abundance through my parentals. And I was very fortunate to be able to, for myself, pay for my own trainings, but my, my parents supported me through college as you know, I'm sure they did with you too. And, uh, and not, not everyone has that, has that opportunity. And, and, you know, I, I'll share at some point, maybe on this podcast, maybe another one of what my own vision is. I know, you know, my vision of like how to create more accessibility. And I know you're on a pathway of that too. And we'll get into that yet my message to the yoga teachers would be, man, if you've taken one 200 hour teacher training and that's it, I bet I, I really implore you. And I, I believe you would as well, Shakti to find that next training to really steep yourself, steep yourself in this practice of studentship. Cause I think that the capacity at which, and you can replace this with anything, the capacity at which we study ourselves is the capacity at which we're able to serve another. The capacity to which we love ourselves is the capacity to which we're able to love another, right? And, and it's so reflective for our yoga practice and our yoga teaching. So I'm, I'm so proud of you, sister. It's amazing the work that you've done and the work that you do. And, and then when did things really begin to shift outside of Boulder, Colorado? When did, like, what, what has your journey been to, you know, meeting your partner and leaving, leading global teacher trainings and tra- like, how did that happen? It kind of is like the perfect segue into what you just said, because I, I felt like I had hit kind of a ceiling and I was like, I need, 
I'm desperate to find a teacher that I'm, you know, like I'm desperate to learn from, you know, that I really respect and I admire and I, I connect to what they say and what they do and how they lead by example. And so thankfully Instagram allowed me to search through and find somebody that I was like, I was shook by their existence. The things that the captions they were writing was so, those were things that I had felt, but I didn't know how to verbalize or express. So I felt so connected to what this person was saying. And not only that, they were the best hand bouncer I'd ever seen. Like, I'm, I was just like, oh my God. Like, I, I thought I was pretty good. I was not, but <laughs> I thought I was good. I thought I was the shit and I sucked. But <laughs> I, I've improved a lot, but I'm still, I could do so much better. But he was, wow, like I was mind blown. So I remember sending him a message, just appreciating what he was sharing, you know, like just wanted to say thank you. And he actually responded and I was like traumatized by that because I thought he had so many followers. <laughs> he would never see my message and he would never answer, but he did. And I was like so embarrassed that I had reached out. Anyways, uh, he received my message very nicely and he was like, I'll have to come teach a workshop in Boulder. Fast forward a few months later, he did. And I met him and that was Daniel Rama. And so I went to his workshop and I was shaking. And I, I was at the point where like, I was training at Boulder Movement Collective. I was stronger than anyone else I knew. I could do all these crazy skills. And I felt like very like, you know, high and mighty about myself as far as my physicality went. And then I was at this this workshop with Daniel Rama and I was like shaking and like couldn't even Humbled. do a hand. Totally. And I was just like so shook by his presence. And then I like was like in tears when I left and like I had to process that encounter for like a couple of weeks before I could like share about it on Instagram. And after that, I was like, okay, I need to go study with this teacher. He is the most powerful teacher I've been around. I need more. So I was actually enrolled in a different teacher training in Costa Rica. And I dropped out of that, lost my deposit on that. And I enrolled in a training with him in Bali. So I flew all the way to Bali to go train with Daniel Rama. Uh, we spent a couple of weeks training hand balancing and yoga there together. And then after that, I went home to Boulder. I donated all of my belongings, my car, got rid of my apartment. And I moved to the ashram in the Bahamas where he lived. <laughs> whoa i know it's a lot <laughs> that's amazing and you know i wonder i want to approach this with sensitivity because i think it's a unique situation right you found your beloved you know you found your beloved partner through attending a workshop from initially the seat of student and for him teacher and how was that navigated with respect and love and intentionality are you open to sharing? It's okay if not. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because it's like the way you just described that, it's like that's our partnership now. It's like we have so much respect and, and love for one another. And when I went into that training in Bali, like of course I adored him. Like I thought he was the best ever. But I because of that, I never would have crossed any line or made him feel uncomfortable or anything. I just I loved him and I wanted to be a great student. And when I show up to be a student, I am a great student. So it's I, I wanted to be that. So I went and I was spending time with like all my girlfriends that I had made that were there. And I eventually one day was like, I love him. And they were just like, Oh my God, you need to do something about that. I was like, absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. That would just, that would just not No. And then more days go by and like, we're just, we're just training together. I'm his student. He's teaching handstand. Like we're, I'm training with him with all the other people in the training too. 
Um, and he was just, he was just magical and he was incredibly respectful to me and everybody and the care that he showed his students and the way that he would be so attentive and adjust every person and give them the right props they needed at just the right time. And I was so amazed by the care that he took and the way that he treated everybody, mm. the way that he interacted with the other teachers on the training, like they, you could tell they cherished him and just his presence was such a special thing. And it's, it's hard to even really pinpoint like how the lines were blurred. It was just kind of like this, we saw each other and we just kind of, it's like we'd been together for lifetimes, you know, like we, it, this is not our first time going through this together. And it's mm. like, we just felt that and we just knew it. And it's like the wildest thing ever to be like, Hey, I spent two and a half weeks with you. Now I'm in love with you. And I'm going to donate my entire life. I've been building for seven years and go move to an ashram and be a, a, their servant. Basically. Uh, it seems insane. And it, it was, but it was just this understanding that it was the right thing. And I had no doubt in my mind that it was. And at that point in my life, I've been so like indecisive about so many things and I could never decide. And I, it was, there was no question. I was going home. I was getting ready to go join him. And then we were going to build something together. Mm. It's, it's so hard to, to really like describe how it happened. It's special that there's friends that were on that training that saw it, like they saw mm. it as it happened. And it would probably be more fun to hear one of them describe it than me, because I was just like in this, like this, yeah. this, God, I I absolutely adore him. He's the the greatest, most patient, most wonderful, kind, funny, impressive like person ever. So I wow, so 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 lucky. I mean, the love radiates, and and you know, it's amazing just the fact that you you gave up seven years of building something and went straight into the path of devotion and service through being in an ashram. That's amazing. And I wonder, like, you know, that's, that's obviously following the heart path. Some people might see that as like status quo, kind of like, wait, what are you, why are you doing that? Why are you throwing away your life? Why are you doing that? Did you get any slack for making that kind of decision? Honestly, I didn't. It was crazy. The support wow. that I got like from not like my family, from my students, from my peers in Colorado. It's like, they knew that like, I, I was grinding so hard the way you were teaching all these classes all the time, like not making any money, but like giving it everything every day, all day. And they knew, like they knew how special I was and they made me feel that. And they supported me. And not only that, they followed me to like Norway and Egypt and other countries. And like, they came to train with us. Like it wasn't, it was like, they're like selfishly, we want to keep you, but like, we know you're made for something bigger that, we we know it's time for you to go. So it was very overwhelming, the support that I got when it could have totally gone the other way. Like people like, wow. what's wrong with you? But wow. anyone that meets Rama, they're like, it just makes sense. It's like this, go with this wonderful man. You will have an incredible life. He's making everybody that he encounters just feel better and do better and improve. And just, that's the kind of person that I want to spend my life with. And mm. it's, just like without him even speaking, you can feel that energy from him. It's so special. So well, I love met him. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. And if he's listening to this, what's up, brother? I can't wait to connect one day and play handstands on the beach and on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he needs so a redemption awesome. round. So yeah. So funny, man. I love it. Well, love it. <laughs> wow. It's amazing, Shakti. Thank you for just the the in-depth and the vulnerability to your journey and your story. And 
I'm curious, you know, what is, what's your vision right now? What's your vision through like the lens of yoga, through the lens of yoga, what's your vision? What is Rama's vision and your vision together? What are you guys creating? So it's, we're in an interesting time right now, just because we aren't always together because we're waiting on green card. Mm. Um, so where our vision was two years ago has totally changed just like many, many people has. Um, we want to help others improve. We want to be a force or a presence in people's lives that, that we didn't have, that we needed, that we think is important for the world. And that's what it comes down to. But in this time where I'm navigating the, like, I'm not in a place geologic or geographically where I necessarily (laughs) right now and things are not the way that I would have them. And I'm working on this, you know, acceptance and making the most of every day. And I'm really just practicing the very basic principles of yoga in my daily life so that I can get through a challenging time. Just that's, it is what it is. So I'm kind of being stripped back to the basics and wanting to practice those so that I can share from a more authentic place. You know, it's, I can't just pretend that like, I'm practicing all of these things when I'm not, it's like, it is a practice and you have to really work on things. So I, my goal is to always be a student and always lead by example, by everything I'm doing. So right now I'm just trying to do the little things to put together the most, the best day, the most, I don't really know how I want to phrase that, but I'm, I'm working on it, <laughs> but move. we want to get through this year, get his green card so that we can live in the same space and start to cultivate the idea of where we want our space to be, a space that other people can come to. They can train with us, things that aren't yoga, all things meditation, yoga, wellness, mindfulness, um, yogic diet, all these types of other facets of yoga that are so important that people often overlook when they go to just a basic yoga teacher training. Um, and it's who's to say if it's like a formal training we're going to be holding or just running a space where people can come and take a break from the hustle and bustle of their life and slow down and get in touch with who they are. It's providing that kind of, it it definitely will be a space. I just don't know exactly what that looks like. But in the meantime, we're going to Thailand in a couple of days. We're teaching a 300 hour yoga teacher training there. Uh, We're guest teaching on it. So only 60 hours. And then, uh, so contributing in those small ways, I think those, those things are very important to us. Uh, we just need to be involved. And that's the biggest thing with me when I don't have what I feel like I want, or I don't feel like I'm in control. I like retract and I stop being involved with things. And, um, that's probably the best advice I could give myself or to others or other people aspiring to be a yoga teacher, uh, get involved, like put yourself out there and seek different experiences and you're never going to grow or learn or have much to share if you don't do that. So Mm. continue to be involved and give people a place where they can also get involved and start to work on themselves. Could you give a, could you, English words, could you give the listeners who are yoga teachers who want to be more involved a few ideas? Like what if someone's like, well, Shakti, I want to be more involved, but how do I get more involved? I have a 200 hour and like, how do I get more involved? Like, where do I start? What does that look like to, to you at least? Yeah, to me, it was venturing outside of yoga asana. I started training with a different community. So I, I started seeking out other things that helped me learn more about yoga, to be honest. Mm. Like I learned so much more about 
how to work with the human body, studying other things that are not yoga. But now as a yoga teacher, I have that information. I have that background and I can share that. Whereas somebody who hasn't gotten involved with anything that isn't yoga uh, can't share from that place. So I would say find something that you're uncomfortable with, like, and, and say yes to it. You know, like in yoga for me, I got so strong and comfortable in those classes. Like I felt powerful. It was important for me to go somewhere that I felt a little bit embarrassed out of my comfort zone and work through that. It's not fun to be like, I am having anxiety and I don't want to go do this. But once you do, then you don't necessarily have to feel that way anymore. And you start collecting more experiences and you start to realize that you've been involved with so many things that you're not afraid anymore. And you don't speak from one perspective. You can see things from so many perspectives and being a yoga teacher for me, that is one of the most important things is being able to speak a ton of different languages, Uh, not like Chinese, but like someone who doesn't understand (laughs) I can find a way to reach them. You can describe something in one way that helps one person that somebody else can't understand. So mm-hmm. the more that I find a place to put myself out there, like join the knitting club or like go do a spin class, like it really could be <laughs> anything. Like it's so, it seems it's easy to say, obviously, but it's like, right. what's out there? Like there's an online writing thing that I'm joining. Like just find something. Is that uncomfortable that, for you? The writing thing actually brings me back to a home, a place that I used to feel comfortable that I kind of lost for a while. So Mm. I actually went to Naropa originally for writing school and then I transferred into the yoga school. So I like to write. So, but it's also, it's like, I haven't done it in like eight years. So to get back into that, it's, it's a little uncomfortable. And it's also that fear of like, I don't want to fail at this thing that I thought would be important in my life at one point. Um, But that's, that's it. Like, who cares if you fail? What's the worst thing? And like, that's the kind of space I'd want to hold for people. It's like, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to show up, just show up and get involved. And if the best you can do is sit there and take it in. Amazing. Like I want you there and I love to have you there and I love you for being there. That's Mm. yeah. It's, it could be anything. People think yoga, it's so linear and it's like, no, it's, it's everything. Yoga is everything. It is. It is. You know, I, um, I'll I'll share this just because, I think that the, I, the, the, the fear of failure can stop so many people, right? The fear of failure could stunt someone for even trying. And also on the other side of that paradox, the fear of success and truly extracting our greatness can stunt someone from even beginning. And so one of my mentors does say, you know, there's no failing. There's only learning. It's only a learning process. And I do believe like the yogi is a seeker. You know, all the, all of our yogis and all of our students, all of our teachers, all of our friends who embrace the lens and the lifestyle of yoga, we're all seekers. And, and, and to my own heart and my own, my own being, I feel that there's no failure. There's only deep learning. And some of it might be very messy, uh, uncomfortable, ugly, and extremely embarrassing. (laughs) And also it's learning, right? So I I love that. And and I'll share for me, one of my uncomfortable things that I've done this year, which was my yoga outside of yoga, it was yoga outside of yoga asana was I started Muay Thai and uh, I've been doing Muay Thai once a week since the start of 2022. And I have signed up for the first 90 days. And at this point, I'm definitely going to continue. And I hired a one-on-one coach and just once a week, 30 to 45 minutes, every single week. And 
I'm pretty sure I'm going to do 90 and then I'm going to do it for, for six months straight at least. That's my intent. It's been really fun and it's been hard, you know? Definitely. I love that so much. Like that's, that's the stuff I'm talking about right there. Something that is different, uncomfortable, and you find joy in that and you'll find strength in that. And of course, at first it can be uncomfortable, but then you get on this trajectory where you just, you get so much and it's, that's such a beautiful thing. Good for you, man. I love it. I'd love to do some more time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, now that I'm in, it's more like, I'm more likely to join the knitting club for sure. Basically, in an old you, people's you, home. You, you take out your feminine. I'll bring out the basket that will trade spots. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Wow. Well, it's amazing, Shakti, just to hear your dream. What would be a message that you have? You give a couple. You've given a couple of good messages, of course. But like, what would be a message to a yoga teacher, aspiring yoga teacher, right now? Mm-hmm. how do I word it eloquently? It's, I, I, I kind of direct this to like myself as I was an aspiring yoga teacher. It's uh, like, you don't know shit. Like you don't know shit. Like you're always going to need to come from that mindset of you don't know shit. Always question things, have an open mind. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Question everything, you know, don't just take stuff for what it is. Like, whatever the first teacher I had in core power yoga said to me that one teacher said to them that sounded good, that some idiot said to them. And then it's trickling down to me. And that's what I'm like teaching as it's like scripture. It's like, where the, like, who, where did that come from? Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yet I'm saying it. And like everyone in my class is like, Oh yeah, that's so good. And now I'm going to say that it's like, no, that is not a good thing to say. Literally like use your brain, like question things and be open-minded and be willing to, you know, like challenge things and have things proven or disproven and then keep, keep moving forward with that mindset, you know, just be open-minded. I remember after my first teacher training, I would take classes and I'd be like, this teacher's so dumb. Like how dumb are they? Like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And like, Oh my God, it, it, it hurts my soul that I was that way. But I think that that's common when you do one training, you take everything that you've learned as the truth. And so my, my advice would be, don't do that. Like take what you learn and keep studying, keep questioning it, keep learning and don't stop practicing. You need to practice all the time. Teach from a place of knowing, not from a place of that sounded cool. I'll just say it also. Yeah. I was similar. I really was. I, I, I love that feedback. And, and, you know, I I look back like for myself, I've gone from heavy power vinyasa yoga to hardcore Ashtanga yoga to I'm not an Iyengar yoga teacher, but I do practice mostly through an inspired Iyengar approach of what my teachers and I call yoga on the inside. And, you know, it's, um, I I have, I've seen that the, 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 the judgment that I held in myself towards other teachers at an early on stage that continued for a very, 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 very long time until I was able to hold a level of just equanimity to an extent on we're all practicing the same thing to an extent, right? Whatever word comes before or after yoga really doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Kundalini yoga, anger yoga, vinyasa yoga, ashtanga yoga, whatever it is, hatha yoga, it's hot yoga right? We're all going to the same place. And 
questioning everything, I believe is so important for, for yoga, for yoga teachers, for students. So thank you for that. That's awesome, Sarah. That's awesome. Shakti. I love it. Of course that yeah. and humility. That's, that's humility. The, big, the big one. Yeah. Cause you can get something from every class you take. Why do you mm. have to be sitting there? Like this teacher sucks. Like, why are we doing this? This would be way better. It's like, like drop in and like take something away that's going to help you improve like your dialogue of dissecting somebody else in a negative way like you just lost a bit of your life that you don't get back like you're mm. not better than anyone just mm. just be humble be there yeah. without yeah. judgment and take something away from it and then do better with your with your teaching with the way that you lead by example and yeah that was a process to learn but like I will never go into a yoga class ready to judge the teacher I will be there to accept and just bring my energy and you know try to feel that that I'm you know humble enough and just grateful enough and I'll always show appreciation and I think that that's important never to lose that yeah I love it I love it Shakti well man it's been so awesome to be on yoga revealed together and share your journey and your wisdom and you know, one, one final question, unless you have another, anything that's alive for you, but I want to share, I want to ask, what is a golden nugget, a golden nugget to share with someone who's listening right now, just as they carry forward on their pathway, you know, the, the, the soul's journey. Hmm. Golden nugget. Golden nugget. Well, when you're done listening to this podcast, thank you for listening. Um, Put your phone down, close your eyes, and take a deep breath. Just enjoy vitality and enjoy that you are here and whatever's going on can wait while you take that breath. You know? We get lost in our devices and it takes away from so much of the joy and it causes so much unnecessary anxiety and stress and we don't need it. We can just put it aside, focus on this living, breathing entity that is us. It's a beautiful interaction exchange that we have with the environment. So take that time, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, take, take that time, but it starts with, with one deep breath. Hmm. Thank you. I love it. So much love, sister. An absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I love you. Nam- I love what you're doing. <laughs> Namaste. Actually, before we go, how can people find you? Ah, um, on Instagram, mainly at ShaktiBird underscore. Um, I have an app. It's called Becoming Balanced. So if you want to train anything with me, there's a whole variety of tons of different stuff on there. Um, so yeah, check out the Becoming Balanced app. It's me and my partner. Um, and also if you went to um, DanielRamaYoga.com, that's our website so you can find our programs if you want to train with me around the world i love it so much super exciting yay Yay. until next time my friend namaste and we'll talk to you all later so much love thank you so much my friends this is the yoga reveal podcast and my name is alec shaw rubin your brother and i hope you found divine yoga wisdom in this conversation along with some laughs If you feel called to study with Shakti and Daniel, check out their website, danielrama.com for any upcoming trainings with them. 
And be sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode on Instagram and tag me and Shakti. It means so much and goes a long way. Yoga Revealed is blessed to bring you the wisdom of yoga teachers from across the world who are living in their dharma. And it is our hopes that this inspires you to show you that you too can create such greatness by practicing, involving yourself in your community and seeking anew. Follow the pages of yoga. Be sure to follow Sarah on IG at ShaktiBird underscore. And of course, if you would like to connect with me one-on-one, drop over to my Instagram, AlecLoveLifeYoga, where you're also able to practice with me, learn how to create sustainable residual income as a yogi or a yoga teacher using Saucha Superfoods through Purium's network marketing platform. And most of all, we get to extract your genius through leadership and unplug from the status quo, create the freedom that we all seek and desire. Book a call with me and let's connect. Tap the link in my bio. Until next time, my friends, I hope you continue to thrive, practice, and love life. Namaste and aloha. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.